little songs of the 70s there, so <laughs> amen. Well, we're glad you're here. How about one more hand for the band? Awesome job today, guys. Well, my name is Mike Conaway, and I'm the pastor here at City on a Hill Church, and we are in a series called What Matters Most, and today I'm probably going to preach one of the most significant practical ministries that you're ever going to hear uh, but I also preach this message very cautiously because it has the power to be very offensive because it deals with relationships and it deals with our emotions and it deals with uh, things that we don't want to hear but need to hear. And so, uh, so as we look at that right away, I just kind of give you a heads up on that because this message, I even sent an email out yesterday saying, hey, you don't want to miss this message because it has the power to be a life changer and a world changer for you. And so, so as we're looking at what matters most, relationships matter most. Our relationship with God, our relationship with others, the people that you surround yourself with matter most. And so when we start to understand what truly matters in this life, we'll spend our energy focusing on those things that matter most, and it'll keep us on life mission. But if we don't understand what matters most, then we can easily get off our life mission because just a slight, a slight adjustment and you miss the mark. And so as we look at this today, we're really going to talk about relationships, and we're going to talk about um, relationships that have opportunity. How many would say that you have one relationship that's not what it could be? Anybody have a relationship that's not what it could be? How about this? Anybody have a relationship that it's not what it should be? So could and should, two different things. Amen. Amen. See, this is confession right here. It's good for the soul. And the truth is that we have to deal with our relationships and the potential for intimacy, for trust, and all that God wants for us is, is basically found in relationship with Him and relationship with others. The, the potential downside of giving yourself to one another in a relationship is you open yourself up to be betrayed. You open yourself up to be hurt. You open yourself up to be wounded. And so, but, but that's on both sides of the fence, not just you. And sometimes we just think about us, but the other person who's stepping into that relationship opens themselves up too. And so there's a lot of trust and mutual trust that's involved there. Now, now this can be a, a difficult situation, especially when you're dealing with crazy people. You know what I'm talking about, right? You know what I'm talking about. They're difficult to deal with. Every, it's, it's almost Thanksgiving, and some of you guys are hoping you don't get sat next to that crazy person. You know what it is. You know what it is, right? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're the person that nobody wants to get sat next to at Thanksgiving. No doubt about it, right? But it's important for us to understand. You're going to have to navigate relationships. And so... Proverbs 29, 18 is a very, very powerful verse. And it says, where there's no vision, the people perish. And so, so, so the Hebrew word translated, where there's no vision, where there's no dream, where there's no revelation, the people perish. And how do we apply this to our relationships? Well, I got to tell you this, there's no, where there's no vision for your relationship, then it could perish. If you don't see yourself in this relationship, if you don't see the long term, if you don't see those connections, if you don't see the value of this, then it could easily perish. 
And the truth of the matter is, you can fill this in, every relationship ends up somewhere. Every relationship, I didn't say where, I just said somewhere, right? But the truth of the matter is, few relationships end up somewhere on purpose. You always ask yourself, how did I get here? Right? Because all of our relationships end up somewhere. Good, bad, ugly. They end up somewhere, but, but few end up somewhere on purpose. And for you and I, that's the same way your relationship with God. You wonder how you got here? You made it. You made the decision. Wherever you are in your relationship with God is where you are because you put yourself there. Nobody made you get there. You had a choice. If you're closer to God, it's because you ended up there on purpose. If you're not close to God, it's because you ended up there on purpose. Welcome to church on Sunday morning. In case you haven't found out yet, we just tell the truth and then let you just kind of deal with it. You know, it's true. It's a true situation. So we start to understand. And so the truth of the matter is this lesson. We have to look at are we, are we seeking the heartbeat of God for every relationship? And as we understand that, we need to start understanding what we need. And so the first thing I want you to see, we're going to get right into it this morning, is what relationship do you need that needs to be initiated? There are some of us that are missing that one relationship that's going to move us toward our goal, toward God, toward our relationship, toward the ultimate plan for your life. There are some of us that are missing that one relationship and which requires us courage to start that. It's not easy though. Some of us need to take those steps. What are some of those examples? Maybe somebody is in recovery and you need a sponsor. But you have to humble yourself. You don't want to do that, but you know it's necessary. And, it's in, and if you're going to make it, you need that person. Some people need, some people are trying to grow in their faith. And you need a spiritual mentor. You need an accountability partner, but you don't want that accountability partner because they're going to hold you accountable. Right? So it's important for us to see there are some of us that need to initiate an important relationship maybe some of us here there's a void in your relationship bank and you know for sure that you need it and Ecclesiastes 4 9 says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil for if they fall one will uh, lift the other fellow but woe to the one who is alone and he falls and has no one to lift him up you need that person to lift you up it's the old commercial help I fallen and I can't get up <laughs> Right? Pity the one who falls and no one's there to help him. But God has a vision for your life. And God said there's, there's two things that this book relies on. Love for God and love for people. It says you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Why do you think that's important? Because God knows you need people in your life. You need them. Whether you want them or not, you need them. And the truth of the matter is some of us, there are some people that you need, but you don't want because they're going to hold you more accountable. They're going to hold your feet to the fire. And they're the first people that you dump when you're doing what you want to do. That's how God, that's, how, that's what we do to God too, isn't it? Right? Everything's going good and everything. God blesses you. Lord, if you do this for me, if you do that for me, if you do this for me, God does all that for you. And the next thing you know, he's the first one that is left out. 
So what relationship needs to be initiated? Ask yourself, when Jesus came to earth, he knew he needed a relationship to fulfill all of God's mission, so he initiated 12 relationships, and one was even with the devil. Didn't he? And God used even that negative relationship to fulfill God's purpose. So keep that in your hearts. He saw that, and so what did he look for? He looked for the best, the brightest. No, he looked for the ordinary guys that would go to war with him when he needed someone to go to war, that would be present with him, that would walk with him, that would give everything, sacrifice, in order for that mission to be complete. Someone who would come alongside him. Look, Luke, uh, Luke 6, 13, when the day came, he called his disciples and chose from them 12, and he named them the apostles. He understood that we needed to work together. There are a few guys in the room, you need a mentor. There's a few ladies in the room, you need a mentor. You need a mentor in order to grow. But I got to tell you, you need someone to speak directly into your life. But I also have to tell you, there's not many mentors going around, hey, can I be your mentor? It requires you to say, will you mentor me? It takes courage. There's not many people going, hey, can I just pour my life into you? Just come on. I just want to do it. (laughs) But there are others who are coming around who need someone to pour that relationship. You need that. And most of the time, you're the one that initiates that. You initiate those relationships. Ask yourself, what relationship needs to be initiated? If you're trying to, do, uh, trying to get involved in a business, make sure you choose a Christian business person, not a business person who's just successful, because the truth of the matter is their, their business practices may not be the kind of practices God has intended for you, and maybe they don't have what you consider success, but they know and they know the will of God, they're doing the will of God, and they're doing it with pure hearts. But that don't matter because we just care about money. No, be careful who you choose. If you need, if your marriage is struggling, you may need to connect with someone who has a good marriage, who can help you grow in your faith, but you have to be truthful about it. A biblical community. If I had a dollar for every time I heard a man tell me, I wish I knew how much Bible you know, I said, I wish you studied it as much because I don't see you on Wednesday night. We got a church of 400 people on Sunday morning, and on Wednesday night, we got about 18 or 20 men. Boom, mic drop, everybody's mad, but you're just telling the truth, right? Pastor Mike, no, it's because you're a pastor. No, I study the Bible because I need to study the Bible, and I need my brothers, my Wednesday night brothers. I need them. So don't say that Tuesday night ladies group, we got a Bible study. Plenty of room. Plenty of room. Ooh, quiet. Van, we need to get that discipleship thing going again, you know? It sounds like it's a discipleship problem, Van. But the truth of the matter is, what do you need to initiate your relationship with God? Do you need to start a morning devotion? Do you need to start a time where you devote your time to God? What, it, what needs to be initiated? These are the questions you have to ask. The second thing I want you to see this morning is what relationship needs to be nurtured? What relationship needs to be nurtured? Because you know if you don't nurture a relationship, it'll die. You need to nurture a relationship. The first relationship you need to nurture is God. Your relationship with God, it needs to be nurtured, not because he needs to be nurtured, but because you need to be nurtured by him. 
So, so that's the thing you have to look, you have to ask yourself this extreme. Have you ever thought about it? You have a best friend and you're besties, besties, besties. And the next time I talk to you, you ain't talking to them. Something happened between A and B, right? What about this? You know, you see it on, you see it all the time. I'm so in love, <laughs> right? I'm so in love, right? Listen to BGs and everything else, right? <laughs> Got it going on. You listening to a little bit of JoJo and Cece going crazy, 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 just thinking about you lately. Right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Next thing you know, you're in court. Right? You know what I'm saying? It didn't happen by mistake. I hate them. I want half of everything they got. I'm like, what happened to crazy, crazy, crazy? Well, we know what happened. You were crazy. <laughs> so what relationship did God give you that you need to nurture? Because some of us neglect the relationships that we need and seek relationships we don't need. So the relationships that we have that should be being nurtured aren't being nurtured because they're not the kind of people that we want to be. But if, in case you forgot, Jesus didn't pick the cream of the crop. He picked the people who were going to be faithful and be with you when it's time to go to war. So what relationship needs to be nurtured? I'll tell you this, no marriage ends up good without working on it. Lorena and I know our marriage is only as good as we want it to be. Did I say as she wants it to be or I want it to be? No, as we want it to be. Your marriage is only as good as you want it to be. You don't have to like me. I told you this was going to happen. But it's true. You don't live with her. You don't live with him. Trust me, she's got a him that li she lives with. And I got a her that, she lives, that I live with. You know what I'm saying? Y'all think, oh, he look, he's funny, he's all that. I'm also hard to deal with. Just ask her, see, amen. <laughs> but notice, gentlemen, I was smart enough to say she's not hard to deal with. You know what I mean? <laughs> but y'all know. That's why we got men's Bible study. <laughs> just teasing, baby, I'm just teasing, girl. <laughs> So what relationships do we need to nurture? You know, look at what Galatians says. Not only do, uh, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Think about that. What relationship needs to be nurtured instead of destroying one another? Every relationship ends up somewhere, but very few relationships end up somewhere on purpose. If your marriage is struggling, do something now. Schedule the appointment today. Get to the counselor, whatever you need. Be prepared to be corrected. Don't go in there with your pointing finger going, I can't wait till they get her straight or him straight. Go with the right attitude. Spiritually unite. Start doing devotion together if you need to. Uh, if your marriage is struggling, go and get, get the love and respect. And don't tell me you've done it before. Do it again. And do it again till it sticks. It's the Word of God. You say, oh, well, I did this six-week thing and that's it. It wasn't meant for six weeks. It was meant to start so you would nurture it. 
Well, I'm going to give her six weeks of 52, and we're going to see what happens. I can already tell you what's going to happen. Nothing. Nothing. And you're going to come back to me, the word of God don't work. I'm going to say, leave my office. Get out. You're not allowed to come back. Friendships. Do you have a friendship that, that's drifting? Connect. Maybe it's your grandma. You talk about, I wish I was closer to grandma. Well, pick up the phone. Call goes, she ain't calling me. Well, you call her. I told you I spent so many years that I wish I had back with my brother that because he never took a vacation, I wish I would have went more to see him. And who cares if I went to see him? But you know how many times I wish I had those years back that I, I would go see him every year if I knew he was going to be taken from me at 40, at 40, what, six years old? If I knew he was going to be taken from me, I would have visited him every year. What needs to be nurtured? What relationship needs to be nurtured? Because relationships matter most. Third thing, what relationship needs to be restored? It's broken right now. It's not where God wants it to be. Maybe it's your parent. Maybe it's, maybe it's a child that's gone astray. Maybe it's a friend that wronged you. Maybe someone who hurt you. And maybe you're holding a grudge and you can't get any further with God until you forgive. You can't get any further with God until you forget. Maybe you're the offender and you know you're the offender, but you won't humble yourself because you'd rather be right than righteous. You see what God, I told you it was a powerful message that God had intended for us. Ask God what relationship needs to be restored. Look at restoration, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. That is not an option. It says you must forgive. The struggle that you and I have, bearing with one another, what relationship needs to be restored? What risk do you have to take? You might have to get in the middle of some hurt and come out on the other side, but come out good. Some of you may have come here today not knowing what you need to do, but today's the day you start making that restoration. Some of you have that relationship with God that's been broken. You've, you've been putting words in God's mouth, and God's here to tell you He loves you, but you must repent of your behavior. Because truthfully, the first fruit of belief is what, Bible study? Repentance. Repentance is the first fruit of belief. It's agreeing that, God, I need your help. So maybe it's time to restore that relationship. you got to get in the middle. If God puts it in your heart, do something about it. Don't shake it off. Write it down right here, right now. And as soon as we're done with this service, you find a place and you make that call or you make that commitment or you write that letter or you do that. Whatever God's calling you to do, don't shake this off. Don't shake this off. Because that's what we'll do. Look at what uh, Romans 12 says. It says, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Notice it said, if possible. Some people are impossible. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But if possible, so far as it depends on who? You. Live peaceably with others. It's important that we understand it's important that you and I understand 
that we put our hearts, what needs to be initiated, what needs to be nurtured, what needs to be restored. These are questions that only the Holy Spirit can answer for you, but they are absolute paramount to your future, to your faith, to anywhere you're going to go. It's absolutely determined right here, right now. And finally, we come to this last one. This is the one that I really didn't even want. This is the one that was just over the top. This is the one that I know people can go to the extreme on, but I knew that I had to talk about this. And it ain't easy, but what relationship needs to be severed? What relationship needs to be severed? What relationship do you have that needs to be severed? You know it needs to be severed, but you don't want to sever it. But you know it needs to be. Now, I'm not talking about unbiblical divorce. Don't you dare leave here because you better read Matthew 5, 6, and 7 again. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is severing a relationship that is outside the will of God and is hurting your relationship with God. And if you ask me, how do I know my relationship is outside the will of God? The answer is, is it hurting your relationship with God? If it's hurting your relationship with God, it's outside the will of God. That's pretty easy and simple. Not hard to understand. So what relationship needs to be severed? Look at what Corinthians says. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. I said bad company ruins good morals. Bad company corrupts good character. Don't be misled. It's a lot easier for bad company to pull you down than for you to pull them up. I hear that evangelistic dating thing all the time. People come up, first thing I ask is, well, are they a believer? Well, no, they, well, not right now. <laughs> not right now. But I'm working on it. Well, until they get saved, you better get your hard hat out. Right? No, you don't know. They're a good person. I didn't know good people went to heaven. I thought saved people went to heaven. But they're really good. You never, they, 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 they I don't want to hear a thing. The Bible says, do not yoke yourself with unbelievers. That's what the Bible says. So if you're putting yourself in that and then you bring them and then you're talking about, oh, no, I don't know where they stand spiritually. Well, I know where you stand spiritually if you're taking a consideration. <laughs> you do not have to like me, but you will love me. Because one day you'll be able to say, Right now, you say I'm wrong, but you know you're going to say I'm right. One day, you're going to be like, Pastor Mike, I was so mad at you. That's why I eyeballed you. Because you told me I couldn't have my man, or you told me I couldn't have my woman. Right? But you were right, Pastor Mike, so I'm sorry for holding it against you. I'm going to say it ain't nothing. It's just between you and God. I'm just cur courageous enough to tell you the truth. Right? You surround yourself. You look at your closest friends. That's who you're going to, that's who you are, who you're becoming. If they're pursuing the heart of God, pretty much so you'll be pursuing the God, heart of God. If they're not, they're going to be leading you down a slippery slope. If they give light lip service to God in action, right? That's why men on Wednesday night, we get our Wednesday night Bible study. We study the Bible for an hour and a half. You don't see anybody beating the door down, but you can guarantee you Buffalo Wild Wings is open where the, where the beer froze freely and the cursing flows freely 
Find yourself there. You can make yourself there every Thursday night. Football Monday night. I don't want to go with a bunch of Bible guys. Right? But then when you need Bible guys, guess who's here? The Bible guys. Right? You come to me, I don't know why this ain't working out. It's kind of simple. I don't ever see you. That's why it's simple. But I see you where you were. And it's amazing you didn't have any time for that, but you had time for all of this. Then you wonder why you act like a heathen. I'm just trying to help. I'm telling you, it frustrates me to no end. Frustrates me to no end because we have those things and you wonder, if they're not doing the right thing, then you're not going to do the right thing and you need to sever that relationship. And if you want, and if you want to find out how solid it is, tell them you know there's a place that's popping on Wednesday night. Oh. 4265 13th Avenue North, Building 2. Right? Then when they get there and we're all up in our Bibles, they're going to be like, what have you brought me to? I brought you to the right place, homie. And nobody's wife saying, don't you dare go to Bible study. Right? Right? Well, there might be a few that are because what's happening? They're worried about your relationship with God. So they don't want you around godly people. Right? Because then you might change and then the fun, the fun police come up. But it ain't true. You have more fun. You see, some are going to walk out of here and they're going to say, you're supposed to love everybody. That's a great cop out, y'all. Good job for that one. Take you a while to think of that one. Pastor Mike was way too hard. Pastor Mike was wrong. Well, I guess Corinthians was wrong too, Art. Guess it's wrong. Don't be, don't be deceived. No, I guess it was wrong. It's not Pastor Mike being wrong. You're, tell, you're saying the word of God's wrong. Think I like preaching this kind of message? I don't care to preach these kind of messages, but I have to preach these kind of messages because these kind of messages ain't going to put butts in seats. When you tell people the truth, they find a place where they can go and just be happy. Look at this. Look, you don't think it's biblical to sever a relationship? Look at this. But now, um, look, look, there was a, a guy in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And, and, and what he was doing is, is this dude was sleeping with his stepmom. And they were worshiping in the same church. That's scandalous, right? So what happens is they find out what he's doing. They tell him it's wrong. He says it ain't wrong. Sound familiar in 2019? Yeah. Right? So what happens is, Paul says, listen, don't have anything to do with him. Don't even share a meal with that dude. Paul said, don't even share a meal with that man. You stay away from him in hopes that that distance will create a longing for his relationship with God and fellowship with us. So he said, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear. And I've had to do that. I got to tell you, I've told people, lose my phone number. Lose my phone number. I've told people, they come in, I said, if you're going to come in here and you think that you're going to share with me 
something that is ungodly and unbiblical and you're going to change my mind, you have lost your mind. And I said, lose my number. He said, you're nothing but a Bible thumper. I said, thank you. Thank you. Yes, I am. Now hit the bricks. Now hit the bricks. You know what happened? They come back later. I was wrong. I know. And I'm still not sorry that I told you to lose my number. And I'm still not convinced, so don't find it yet. Let me see you live in it. But you know what happens? They didn't leave them out there. They didn't leave them out there. They didn't leave them. Because then what happens in 2 Corinthians, Paul comes along and that brother who he repented and he changed his ways. And Paul said, now I vouch for him and you need to accept him back into the fellowship because he received correction. He received rebuke. He changed his life. He decided God was more important than anything else. And now receive him as if you would receive me. That's what Paul said about that guy. But nothing happens in 2 Corinthians doesn't happen without 1 Corinthians. You got to understand that people who claim uh, to be in the family of God and yet live in outward rebellion do not associate with them. Do not. So how's this play out in your life? You got a business partner that lacks integrity? Get out. As quick as you can, get out from underneath that. You got a person that puts you in tempting situations on a regular basis? Get out. Ladies, you're hanging out with other ladies that trash talk men all the time and they're hurting your heart? Get out. Men, you're hanging out with guys who always talk about how terrible their wives are but how hot somebody else is? Get out. You ain't never going to build a marriage like that. You ain't never going to build a relationship like that. If you're married and you're flirting with danger right now and you're involved with someone of the opposite sex and you know you shouldn't be, stop. Stop. Now. You've been going to lunch with them and, you know, hee 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 and ha ha ha. End it. Don't want to hear the word work hug, husband or work wife one more time. Let my wife tell me she got a work husband. <laughs> Let me tell me that. We're going to find out that, that husband's getting ready to get worked. <laughs> For real. Y'all think, oh, he's Christian. He loves Jesus. Somebody's getting punched in the mouth. Somebody's catching one bip right in your mouth. Come home talking about my work husband. Uh-huh. You better, you better shut your mouth better go pray I don't want to hear another thing about it stop those emails those phone calls and all that other stuff and then don't come up here acting all surprised when your marriage fell apart don't know how it happened see they don't hear this kind of mess everybody else we just hear oh yay let's all hug each other and then we'll leave <laughs> ladies you want a godly man but you're with someone who pushes you sexually and you know it's outside the will of God? Okay, it's getting quiet in here again. You give them one more chance. You tell them where you stand. And if it violates your conscience, you dump them. Men, same thing. Because the truth of the matter is, ladies, he ain't looking to make a down payment on a luxury car. He's looking to pick up a rental car. And you know how people treat rental cars. They drive them hard, run out the gas, and then they roll. 
You heard that here. You can tweet it, quote it, do whatever else you want. If he ain't signing the papers, it's out. Leave it just enough gas to drop you off where they picked you up. Some relationships are killing you. And you know it. Remember this, where there's no vision, your relationships will perish. Everyone ends up somewhere, but few of us end up someplace on purpose. Our relationships matter most. That's why I had to preach this message this morning. Do you have a relationship that's not where it's supposed to be? Do you have a relationship that needs to be initiated, nurtured, restored, or severed? But most importantly, what about your relationship with God? Where are you at? Do you have to initiate that today? Is today the day you initiate? You find out that Jesus loves you so much that he died on the cross for your sin. That, the, that he paid sin's payment in full for you so that you would have a place in heaven. That you could be adopted into God's very own family. And that the very spirit that raised God from the dead lives in us who believe. And today you want to make that choice. Maybe today you need to nurture that relationship. The question is, will you, will you surrender your life to Jesus or you will, direct, will, will you reject him? Will you obey the Holy Spirit this morning as the Holy Spirit has already put in your heart things that you need to do? Or will you just shake this message off as soon as you leave? Will you break out and the, the yellow pages and see... Who has second service to see, find your new church because you didn't like this message today. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, that was it for City on a Hill. Oh, they're preaching how to be happy. That's where I want to be. Wish I was joking. <laughs> But we have, guys. The reason I preach like this is because I really do care about you. Amen. I really do love you all. And I want what's best for your life. And I want you to want what's best for my life. And I want you to have the kind of relationship God wants you to have because you deserve them because of the cross. And people deserve to be loved the same way you expect to be loved we got to be those kind of people. We're not afraid to talk about our scars or our mistakes. Not at all. We're not going to try and pretend to be perfect. But if we all work together, we can be perfected. God has a plan for your life. There's some things you need to do. But they're up to you. And you only. Nobody else will make you. I can't make you. Matter of fact, I don't want to make you. I got enough trouble managing my own life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But what I do want is I want you to have the most important relationship, which is your relationship with Jesus. Then what happens is the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you and guides you and leads you. And he's going to lead you into the right relationships with the right people at the right time. And he's going to protect you from those others if you'll allow him to. And he's going to be present with you in those lonely times. 
when you want to run back to those people. But there's no one to go back to. Go forward in your relationship with God. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we love you and we thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be here and for your grace. Thank you for your relationship, God, that you gave us with your son Jesus when Jesus died on the cross for my sin. But he didn't stay dead. He was resurrected and defeated Satan's sin and death so that I might have life. God, there's folks in the room today that need to initiate that relationship with you, and I pray that you give them the courage to do that. There are some who need to nurture their relationship with you, and I pray they begin today. There are some, God, that have some relationships that need to be restored, and I pray you give them the courage to do that. And then there are some, God, that need to sever their relationship with sin. They need to sever their relationship with those who are dragging them down. And I know it's not easy, God, but I know all things are possible if we believe. So I just pray you give us the will and the courage to do that today. And we leave that to your care. If you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Mike, I need Jesus. I need to initiate my relationship with Jesus more than my next heartbeat, more than the next breath. That's me. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need that relationship before any other relationship. If that's you, will you just slip your hand up high in the air today? That's the one I need. Yes, that's the one I need. Yes, thank you. That's the one I need. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, you may place your hands down. Everyone within the sound of my voice, we're just going to pray this prayer. What I love about prayer is it's literally just talking to God. And he hears you. We're just going to pray from our hearts to his heart. We just simply say, Jesus, I love you. And Jesus, I believe in you. And Jesus, I receive you. Your word says that if I believe in you and I receive you, I get the right to be called a child of God and I get adopted into God's very own family. So I give you my life. I give you my heart. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Holy Spirit, come and live in me and work through me. And God, I know that I'm not going to be perfect but I am being perfected. And Jesus, you were perfect for me because you knew I couldn't be perfect. And so I put my hope in you and my trust in you. I thank you for giving me a church family that can surround me with love and can lead me in the right direction that won't judge me or beat me down, but instead they'll lead me in the way of the everlasting. It's in Christ's name that I pray these prayers. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap this morning because he's a good God. I told you it was.